Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcasts. Well, uh, it's Episode 2 of football season here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns, and what another wild weekend of football it was. Before we get into that, just a quick reminder where you can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Tapouts and TDs. On Facebook, go to at Tapouts and Touchdowns. And the email to the show, as always, is touchdowns at gmail.com. I mentioned a crazy weekend of football that started off last Thursday when the Giants were an offsides penalty away from knocking off the Washington football team. But instead, if I'm not mistaken, former Clemson Tiger uh, Dexter Lawrence was offsides allowed Washington to kick uh, to re-kick their field goal and win the Thursday night game over the division rival Giants. How about the Carolina Panthers taking it to the New Orleans Saints? We're going to get into it when it comes to our buys and sells uh, for the week. But I bought in on Jameis Winston last week, and well, he really shut me down as the Panthers took out the Saints 26-7, to something you may not have expected to see. Another game that was that was a wild one was the the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 3 uh, 34 to 33 I should say. Minnesota missed a field goal as regular as, as time expired uh, to lose that game and I tell you what that not only can that Minnesota uh, let me let me start that over not only can that Cardinals offense look just absolutely disgusting so can that Minnesota Vikings offense put up 33 points uh, against a, t- a team with a defense like the Cardinals is, is no easy feat. Then obviously you finished up with a Sunday night game. The Chiefs losing on a, on a game-winning drive uh, could not get it done. The Ravens would take over and run the clock out. Uh, the Ravens, the first time that Patrick Mahomes has lost in the month of September since he's been a starter in the NFL. What a fun week in the NFL. Uh, no, we don't need to touch on the Monday night game. If you know me, you know I root for the Lions. So uh, get up off me. I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, I mean, even you think about about uh, pro football. Didn't even mention the weekend that was college football, where Clemson barely was able to beat Georgia Tech. Uh, my Gamecocks unfortunately got that whooping from Georgia, even though we met the uh, the line. We we covered the spread. Uh, the spread was like 30-something points, and we were just under it with 27. So kudos for, for catching that line. Uh, but, man, what a weekend. Virginia Tech got upset by West Virginia. Uh, Cincinnati struggled with Indiana. Uh, that Miami-Florida game, if you were not watching, Alabama was up big, and Florida came storming back and had a chance to, to tie it late. Could not put the finishing touches on it. But, man, just a really, really exciting Fun weekend to watch football. So hopefully you got to enjoy a little bit like I did. Uh, because coming up uh, right now is the opening bell for the show. Uh, you remember what I did last week with Breakouts and Busts? It's your second edition of Breakouts and Butts here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. Uh, and so without further ado, we're going to go straight into the breakouts. My quarterback breakout for week two was none other. I, I just mentioned him on the Thursday night game. Quarterback Daniel Jones. 249 passing yards with a touchdown touchdown. 
to go along with 95 rushing yards and a touchdown, 31.46 fantasy points. Believe it or not, very quietly, Daniel Jones is currently the 10th best quarterback in fantasy, averaging 27.42 points per game. Uh, this Washington defense at the beginning of the year was supposed to be a very good defense, and he lit them up specifically uh, with his legs. He looked like a very spry, uh, a, a agile quarterback. I mean, he reminded me of, honestly, what Josh, Josh Allen's been doing for the Bills for the last few years. Um, but he, uh, you know, he, he had a great Thursday night game. Uh, had it not, again, I mentioned the offsides call at the beginning of the show. Uh, would have been his, you know, his first Thursday night game win, I would I would expect. Uh, but nevertheless, um, Daniel Jones uh, emerged as a dual threat Danny Dimes that he, you know, that some people knew he could be. Um, and it definitely helped overall that New York Giants offense looking uh, better. And then you've got Saquon Barkley, who's starting to look like he's coming back into form. So this Giants offense might be deadly here. Uh, once everybody gets to 100%, if Daniel Jones continues to play like he did last Thursday. My running back breakout for week two, Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. Uh, you, when I said Dallas Cowboys running back, I'm sure you were thinking Ezekiel Elliott, but it was Tony Pollard in their game this past week against the Chargers with 109 rushing yards, three catches for 31 yards, and a rushing touchdown, a good for a 24-point day for the supposed backup running back in Dallas. Uh, if you can believe it, sort of like Daniel Jones being quietly the 10th best quarterback, Tony Pollard is even a quieter ranked 12th amongst running backs. Uh, you know, many experts are saying that Pollard, uh, not Zeke, looked like the better running back in Dallas uh, in their 20-17 to 17 win over the Chargers. Now, once again, uh, if, if you're in most leagues, start uh, anywhere between 10 and 12-man leagues in fantasy, if you're in a 12-man league, Tony Pollard would be your would would basically right now be considered an RB1 in that league. Uh, Dallas looked like they've gone uh, the way of the timeshare in the backfield. I mentioned, uh, I'm not talking about Zeke here. I'm talking about Tony Pollard. Uh, if they continue to go this route, then we're going to see a lot more of Tony Pollard uh, and, and maybe not so much from Zeke, which is a, a unique twist because Zeke was being taken within the first two rounds of this fantasy draft, and Tony Pollard was mainly taken as his handcuff. So Tony Pollard, the breakout running back star in week two. My wide receiver breakout, rookie wide receiver Rondale Moore uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Finished on the day eight targets, uh, caught in seven of those for 114 yards and a touchdown, good for a 24-point fantasy day. Uh, and probably what could be the most expense, most explosive, easy for me to say, offense in the NFL. Uh, you know, I mentioned the 34-33 win over the Vikings this week. Uh, just a really, really flashy offense here. Uh, Rondell Moore may have carved his way into some significant playtime. Uh, currently uh, 17th, if you can believe it, amongst wide receivers, uh, which puts him in the in the wide receiver two conversation. A young Rondell Moore is a dangerous addition to the wide receiver room in Arizona. That that includes guys like DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk. Uh, just uh, you know, a really. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about, about Kyler Murray? To me, he's an early candidate for the MVP of the league. Spreading the ball around it means good things for Rondell Moore. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, my tight end breakout for this week is Arizona Cardinals tight end Max Williams. Seven receptions of 94 yards in that same game that Rondell Moore went off for seven uh, receptions and 114 yards. 
Uh, again, similar to him, he's been a beneficiary of some uh, some open looks with defenders uh, paying attention to the better-known receivers in Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, as I mentioned again, with Rondell Moore, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray spreading the ball around uh, a little bit more than maybe we're used to seeing. Just outside of starting tight end territory, he's currently 15th amongst tight ends in, uh, in fantasy. It still warrants keeping an eye on Max Williams. Uh, he didn't have a single catch in week one prior to this 16-point uh, fantasy day. Um, but if the trend continues, uh, Max Williams might be that guy who you can pick up off waiver wire to replace, say, a Mark Andrews, who is not performing to you know what people expected him to be as tight end three, uh, possibly tight end four in fantasy football. So there's your breakouts. Uh, again, Daniel Jones, Tony Pollard, Rondale Moore, and Max Williams are your breakouts in week two. Uh, without further ado, here's Bullies Busts in week two. Uh, this should come as no surprise. Quarterback Zach Wilson for the New York Jets uh, is my quarterback bust for this week. Only 210 passing yards and 19 rushing yards, but he had four interceptions and no scores. Uh, this rookie absolutely got obliterated by the Patriots in Week 2. Uh, honestly, not surprising. Uh, the Jets quarterbacks have been getting obliterated by Patriots for uh, damn near 20 years. <laughs> so what else is new? Um, Zach Wilson's got five picks through two games. I'm pretty sure that Peyton Manning is watching uh, very intently to Zach Wilson this season as he is uh, in hopes that some rookie will eventually break his rookie interception record. Uh, so... Uh, Keep your eye on Zach Wilson if that's the stat that you want to go after. But what a bust here in week two. This one hurts my heart. My running back bust for week two goes to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 46 rushing yards, zero receptions, zero touchdowns in a game that saw the Chiefs score 33 points. I'm sorry, yeah, 35 points. I said 33. They lost 36 to 35. Uh, when the Chiefs score 35 points, you figure that the running back would have some sort of, you know, effect on this game, some sort of impact on this game. Uh, you would expect CEH to eventually be that bell cow running back because he got drafted so high last season. Uh, you know, combined this week, he and Tyreek Hill didn't even combine for 10 points. Now, the Tyreek Hill it might be a little more surprising than people who hear me talking about CEH right now because a lot of people weren't expecting much from CEH this year after last season. But if it's anything like my history in fantasy football, the year after, you know, let's say a rookie running running back that I take a, a flyer on doesn't do anything, and I say, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm not touching him next season. He's not going to do anything. Nine times out of ten, that running back breaks out the following year, and I'm looking like an idiot. Well, I wasn't going to let that happen with CEH, and I've got him rostered in probably 80% of my leagues. What a terrible, terrible start here for CEH in, in week two. Uh, in his second season out of LSU, uh, honestly, it's getting really close to panic mode uh, for CEH. Just, I, I don't know what else to say, man. If you're playing fantasy football, you're, you're well aware of the struggles that CEH has had from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, so CEH, my bust through week two. Uh, my wide receiver bust should, if, if you've been watching football, should come as no surprise. Wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers, Brandon Ayuk. One season or, or, or one catch for six yards. That's his stat line, not just for week two, but for the season. 
with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers off to a 2-0 start, once again, you would think that offense should be more productive. Well, the only real beneficiary of that beneficiaries off of that offense is new starting running back Elijah Mitchell, who came in for an injured Raheem Mostert, and my boy Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, in my opinion, Brandon Ayuk isn't even worth rostering at this point. Like, if there's anybody, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys where Zach Paschal is on the waiver wire. Uh, even wide receivers, maybe from the Panthers or from the Jets. At this point, I would take a wide receiver from... <laughs> From the Miami Dolphins, and they're about to be starting uh, potentially this week. If Tua Tungavailoa can't go, they're going to be starting, you know, a Jacoby Brissett at, at quarterback. I mean, it's just – it is what it is. <laughs> like, Brandon Ayuk is just not there, not that player that I think San Francisco thought it would be. My wide receiver bust for week two, Brandon Ayuk. Finally coming to the end of the opening bell here, we have my tight end bust for week two. Uh, name may surprise you. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Let's find out. Tight end uh, Dallas Goddard from the Philadelphia Eagles. In week two, he had two catches for 24 yards, no scores. Uh, but what's troubling is there was a week, uh, the week prior, that he got four passes and found the end zone. Uh, but the Uggles off the, the Uggles, easy for me to say. The Eagles offense is what I was going for. Uh, they struggled mightily against the San Francisco 49ers. A 49ers defense that gave up a ton of points in the fourth quarter with under two minutes to let the Lions come back in that game. They shut down the Eagles here in week two. Uh, you know, one thing I would pay attention to, currently Zach Ertz was placed on the COVID reserve list. So it can be one of two things. Dallas Goddard may be, doing, uh, may be due for a breakout week or – because of close contact, Dallas Goddard might be winding him, finding himself in the uh, COVID protocol himself. So, again, being a bust in week two, uh, you figured going into week three, he draws a decent matchup against the Cowboys. Uh, but, again, he might not be available for this week if it turns out that Zach Ertz not only was in COVID protocol, but he had COVID, which means, if I'm not mistaken, NFL protocol, if you're close contact, with someone with COVID, then, then you have to sit out for, I think, is two weeks. I don't know. With the vaccinations, things are different. But nevertheless, uh, recapping my bullies busts for week two, uh, quarterback Zach Wilson, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, and tight end Dallas Goddard. So that was your opening bell this week. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to do bullies, buys, and sells for week three, where we also recap how bad I did last week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to this year's first edition of Break It Down, where we go into bullies, buys, and sells here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. Quick reminder where you can find me on social media at Tapouts and TVs on Twitter, Tapouts and Touchdowns on Facebook, and then Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com is the email address. If there's a player that you want me to talk about or if you have any questions, I have had some people reach out to me on social media for some fantasy football advice. Uh, I can't guarantee that I'm going to give you the right advice. However, I will give you the best advice to my ability. Which will come right now with Bullies Buys and Sells for week three of the fantasy football season. 
So without further ado, let's get into it. Four players, one at each position. Start off at quarterback. Going with quarterback Jared Goff. Going with quarterback Jared Goff. Taking on the Ravens this week. He is, believe it or not, currently ranked the sixth best quarterback in fantasy. Listen to the names in front of Jared Goff as a fantasy quarterback in 2021. Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr. That's it. Jared Goff averaging 28.68 points per game in the first two weeks. And he draws the fifth worst defense against quarterbacks so far this season. Baltimore Ravens. In two games, he's got 584 passing yards and five touchdowns on an offense that nobody knew was, who was going to be the pass catcher on this team. It's been the DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson show in Detroit, all led by quarterback Jared Goff. In two games, Baltimore's given up 435 passing yards. Uh, it's, it's 343 to Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns uh, between the first two weeks. Uh, Derek Carr, was the first quarterback uh, to throw 435 yards in week one. Just an insane uh, stat line, and now they draw Jared Goff. So Jared Goff is going to be a good play this week if you're looking for a streaming option. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give you some some obvious answers, right? I mentioned in my breakout Daniel Jones. I, per, I, I, I personally picked up Daniel Jones in a couple of leagues. I may be starting him over Kirk Cousins in one of my leagues this week, uh, if you can tell quarterbacks were going early and often in that league. So I wound up with Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill in that league. Nevertheless, uh, if, I, if Daniel Jones hadn't have been available and I was looking for a streaming quarterback, Jared Goff would have been that guy this week. And maybe for the next few weeks, he's got some favorable matchups early in the season here. But Jared Goff is my buy uh, at quarterback for week three. Running back, I'm going to be a little homerish, and it's going to be a little surprising because a lot of people are really high on his backup this week, and that's running back for the Atlanta Falcons, Mike Davis, taking on the Giants this week. Unfortunately for Mike Davis, I mean, he had a really good season last year. He was only the 27th uh, best uh, scorer at running back in fantasy, averaging 11.75 points per game. Uh, 24 carries, 87 yards on the season, uh, but he has seen a, a big pickup here in the passing game usage, hauling in 10 catches over the two losses by the Falcons. Uh, you know, the Falcons are just bad. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But they do get a, a struggling Giants defense this week, allowing the seventh most points to running backs this season. Uh, should hopefully be it for, for him be a big Mike Davis game. I mean, it could be sort of like the, the Lions were a few year, a few weeks ago against the Niners where both running backs were in double-digit scoring. Uh, but I'm really hoping for the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons breakout for Mike Davis here in week three. That's why he's my running back by uh, this week. My wide receiver buy for week three is rookie wide receiver Devontae Smith. Playing at the Cowboys currently, he's only 46th in wide receiver scoring. Now, I mentioned uh, he had a he, he had a great week one. Two, uh, six receptions, 71 yards of touchdown in his debut. But here in week two, the I, I mentioned earlier when I talked about uh, the Eagles uh, 49ers game, uh, they, they struggled. And Devontae Smith was a casualty in that. Uh, but like I said, seven targets in that loss uh, to tack on with six receptions in his first game. And he gets a Cowboys defense allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers through the first two weeks of the season. 
again, and not to mention, we got to think about it, the fact that it's an NFC East rivalry game. So that's why I like Devontae Smith to have a true breakout game here in week three. Last but not least, my bully buy for week three is tight end Jared Cook. Now I know you're probably saying, "What are you talking about, Bully Rye? You got two Gamecocks on your on your bye week on your bye week on your buys this week. What gives?" Uh, well, Jared Cook is going to Kansas City, uh, but currently sits at 15th in tight end scoring. Good for maybe tight end two if you're into two tight end league. Uh, there are plenty of mouths to feeds here in this Chargers offense. And Cook draws a Kansas City defense this week. They gave up an 11-point fantasy day to Darren Waller in week two. Uh, so, again, I, I'm going based off of projections versus what I think they will do. Um, and despite having eight receptions for 84 yards and no touchdowns on the season, he had a touchdown callback last week due to a penalty and has seen 13 targets for, for with his first two games uh, as Justin Herbert is his quarterback. Uh, 13 targets. He's got eight receptions. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good swing, and it's also a, a pretty big target share uh, for an aging tight end. The players on this offense love Jared Cook in camp, and you know that's not going to change overnight. That's why I think Jared Cook is a good streaming tight end option, or if he happened to be your number one tight end because, well, there's not really that many tight ends to choose from when you get past Kelsey, and if you want to call it Kittle, um, Darren Waller, uh, then, then Jared Cook isn't a bad player to have this week. So your buys from week three, quarterback Jared Goff against the Ravens, running back Mike Davis against the Giants, Devontae Smith at the Cowboys, and Jared Cook at Kansas City. So there's your bullies buys. Let's go right into bully sells here in week three. And I did mention that Devontae Smith is a buy this week. However, I have his quarterback as a sell this week. Uh, surprisingly enough to me, Jalen Hurts is currently eighth in quarterback uh, scoring. As I mentioned, I'm buying Devontae Smith this week, but the Cowboys first forced two interceptions against the Chargers and even two interceptions on Tom Brady in week one. Now, I know you're probably saying, well, one of those is a Hail Mary that he just threw up at the end of the half. Doesn't matter. Stats count. They've got four interceptions on the season. Last week, uh, in their struggling game against the Niners, passed for less than 200 yards, and even against a bad Falcons team, had under 300 yards. We get a rivalry game here on Monday Night Football. I'm giving the edge to Dallas. I think the wide receiver is going to be fine. I think he's going to do plenty to get the balls to his wide receivers. They're going to probably chew up some yardage. I think they're going to kick a lot of field goals here. Um, and then I'm going to see, we're going to see Jalen Hurts turn it over, which is why I'm in on on <laughs> I'm in on Devontae Smith, but I'm out selling Jalen Hurts this week. My running back sell for this week, uh, man. I know I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this, especially, and I should have mentioned at the beginning of this segment, last week I had a pretty crappy week. I had I was 3-5 and five last week in my picks before I go into my running back this week. I was right about Teddy Bridgewater, uh, projected 20 and scored 25. I was right about Saquon. I benched him in a league. I started him in a league. Uh, he was projected 12. He actually got 8.9. And then I was right about Mark Andrews. I'm not going to beat a dead horse with Mark Andrews this year. Uh, but he's projected 14, actual scored 10, everything else I got wrong last week. So I use all that to say that based on a three and five week, well, week two, uh, I am selling Alvin Kamara here in week three, and I know I'm going to catch out for it. Uh, they're playing New England, and Alvin Kamara, believe it or not, is 21st 
in running back scoring. Not even an RB2 right now as far as scoring goes. He did have a big game against an Addison Packers in, in week one. Uh, if you go back to one of my, my previous football show, we talk about how Aaron Rodgers was throwing ducks. And, I mean, Jameis Winston had five touchdowns. He was my breakout from week, from week one. So, you know, <laughs> having said all that, Alvin Kamara was also a beneficiary that week. Uh, but Carolina, the Panthers, shut him down for five rushing yards and only 25 receiving yards. 30 total yards against that defense for the game. New England is currently allowing the ninth fewest points to opposing running backs and only one touchdown all season on the ground, and that came from Tua Tagovailoa in week one. Uh, you know, his projection is a little higher. I think he's probably still going to get double digits. There's no way he has another dud like he had against Carolina, but I think he's going to hit under his projection this week. That's why I'm selling Alvin Kamara. Now, I say all that to say that you're probably going to start him if you've got him because you don't have anyone better, but temper your expectations because he's probably not going to be a good week here for Alvin Kamara. My wide receiver, it hurts me because I actually really like this guy. My wide receiver that I'm selling this week is a Washington football team wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, taking on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo this week. Terry McLaurin's good for a wide receiver, too, so far, currently 14th in wide receiver scoring. Coming off a career game on Thursday night football, he had 11 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown against the Giants last Thursday, a 27.7 fantasy point game. Scary Terry draws a Bills defense, allowing the ninth fewest points to wide receivers and one passing touchdown all year. When you think about how many passing touchdowns they haven't allowed, now take into consideration Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt. And although Taylor Henneke blew up in, in his place against the Giants, the Bills are a much better and much different defense than the Giants. Taylor Henneke is going to have a bad day. And the difference between Jalen Hurts having a bad day and Devontae Smith being productive, Taylor Henneke having a bad day is not going to bode well for Terry McLaurin, which is why I'm selling him here in week three. Uh, last but not least, my tight end that I'm selling, and this is probably going to come as a surprise to many, Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos playing against the New York Jets. Not that imposing, not that scary of a, of a threat here uh, on defense. Uh, but and Noah Fant sits currently ranked fifth in tight end scoring. Uh, but honestly, I don't like this matchup. And if you can believe it, take away his touchdown that he scored this season, and he's averaging single-digit scorings across two games, and he has less than 100 yards through two games. So two games, he hasn't been able to eclipse 100 yards total. Uh, with Jerry Judy on IR, it's been the Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton show, uh, reaping the benefits, not Noah Fant here. And the Jets haven't allowed to a touchdown, uh, haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet this season, which is why Noah Fant winds up on my sell list. So, quick recap: buying Jared Goff, Mike Davis, Devontae Smith, and Jared Cook. I'm selling Jalen Hurts, Alvin Kamara, Terry McLaurin, uh, Terry McLaurin, and Noah Fant. Uh, so that was break it down. Bullies buys and sells the second week doing this of the season. Coming up next, we're going to recap. The podcast pick em, Frick's Picks from last week. And we're going to predict uh, Frick's Picks in week two in your main event of this week's football show. So stay tuned. We will be right back.
Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the main event of the show. Half House and Touchdowns, Frick's Picks. Uh, again, I mentioned a great week in week two here. Uh, and so we have we have made it another week here in college and pro football season. Uh, last week, uh, a pretty steady week for everybody. Uh, Buck was actually going to join us on the show. We had some stuff come up. He will be on the show to talk some football with us in the near future. Finish the seat and finish the week at four and one better than anybody else making picks. Folly Polly and I both tied for second at a record of three and two. And A.A. Rock, my best friend, went two and three to come in fourth. Well, the good news is there's not going to be a whole lot of jumping in the standings. Uh, the bad news is there's not going to be much to talk about here in podcast pick and Frick's picks number two for the 2021 season week four of college football i've picked a couple of sec games uh first up got kentucky at south carolina kentucky a slight road favorite against the gamecocks just got obliterated by the dogs of georgia uh while kentucky struggled mightily against their opponent last week who is much lesser of an opponent than georgia uh but nevertheless the favorite kentucky volley poly uh coming back from picks for the next week this is the only person to pick Kentucky. Uh, both A.A. Ron, Buck, and Bully Rye all have South Carolina this weekend. Next up, a ranked matchup between two top 16 SEC teams as number seven Texas A&M travels to Arkansas, number 16 in the country. Similar to the Kentucky-South Carolina game, Polly, Volley Polly was the only person to pick the road team. Uh, Volley Polly has Texas A&M, Buck, Aaron, and myself all have taken Arkansas. Now, there's not much to talk about. I tried to pick some unique games in the NFL this week, uh, but they weren't unique enough to get some different thoughts on the games. First up, Thursday night game, Carolina Panthers traveling to the Houston Texans, who will be quarterbacked by Davis Mills with the injury to Tyrod Taylor. You know, poor Tyrod Taylor has been a starting quarterback in, in more franchises than I can count. I know he was with the Bills, he was with the Browns, he was with the Chargers, and every single organization that he went to, he got injured, and when he was missing time for injury, somebody would come and take the job from him. Now, I don't expect that to be the case with Davis Mills, but I do expect Davis Mills playing against the Panthers, coming off a huge win against New Orleans in Week 1, uh, or, or in Week 2, I should say, uh, Carolina, I mean, they're going to, they're going to, unfortunately for the, for Texans fans, they're going to pound uh, Houston. Uh, and everybody says so. It's a consensus across the board uh, with everybody who made picks, Aaron, Volley Polly, and, and Buck. You know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. Every single one of the next two of the NFL games were consensus picks this week. We got the LA Chargers at Kansas City, Kansas City coming off. Uh, probably one of the most significant losses uh, in uh, since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, losing to the Ravens on Sunday night football. They get a Chargers team who's coming away from a breakout, oh, I'm sorry, a, a heartbreaking loss to the Cowboys. Uh, it's going to be more of that for the Chargers this week. Uh, I, need, I really need to go back and look at my picks uh, that I made way too early. Um, I'm pretty sure I had Kansas City winning this game anyway, and so does everybody else. Uh, Kansas City bounces back from the Baltimore game and takes out the Chargers here at home. 
Uh, last but not least, the Sunday night game features the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, we saw Green Bay bounce back against the Lions uh, from uh, what was just probably the worst showing by a Packers team in, in years, if not decades. I mean, they just got destroyed by New Orleans in week one, bounced back against the, what, what many would consider a really bad Lions team. Uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned in, in my, my fantasy breakdowns and my buys this week, I've got Jared Goff, uh, but it's still, you know, a fantasy quarterback is different than a, than a, you know, end game NFL game quarterback. And while Jared Goff is going to put up big numbers, that team is still, it's still building. It's new. It's got a bunch of new players. Uh, so for Green Bay to, to whip up on that team is not saying much in, in my opinion. And then I also mentioned in the show earlier today that San Francisco is very quietly 2-0 and on the season with a win against the aforementioned Lions, uh, but also a pretty, uh, <laughs> it was a, a pretty impressive win, a convincing win over the Philadelphia Eagles in week two that, well, it, it kept Jalen Hurts out of the end zone. Uh, so having said that, the consensus is that the San Francisco 49ers are going to improve to 3-0 while the Packers are going to look more like they did in week one and take another L to go one and two to start the season. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, Frick's picks podcast pick them for uh, week. The podcast pick them number two here on tap house and touchdowns for the 2021 season. Uh, and I wish there was more, there was, there's was some more debate about, about some of these games, but sometimes when you try to make it harder, uh, keeping it simple is is probably the way to go. We may have had some more differences here. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, a fun show for you here today. Hopefully, you got some knowledge out of uh, some of the stuff that I was saying. Even though I went 3-5 and five in week one, I did finish last season in my buys and sells uh, with a winning record. So I got more right than I got wrong last year. Maybe it's just a fluke in, in week two of fantasy season that, that I did so bad. Uh, but hopefully you're going to take my advice this week and it's going to pay off for you here uh, in week three of the NFL and fantasy football season. Coming up Monday on the show, PJ Steven and I finally sat down and watched the Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall requested by a fan. And we did our first ever live watch along to the main event of that show that featured a Battle Royal with 20 superstars, many of which who had already competed on the show. Uh, but we, we did our first ever live watch along with commentary, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So if you're, you're a fan of football, or if you want to hear about something that happened back all the way back in 1991, tune into the show on Monday. Uh, we've got, a, we've got a, a nice treat for you there. Uh, then obviously we'll have the, the football recap show and the, the look forward show uh, to the week, what will, will be week four in the NFL season. Um, and then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I say that like like I don't make the rules on this show, uh, week four is I'm going to start my panic or patience segment again, despite Greeny on ESPN stealing my gimmick, gimmick infringement mother. Anyway, <laughs> that should be coming back in week four uh, because it'll be really some some time to try to make some trades as the NFL season is, is almost a quarter way through at that point. Um, but we're going to continue with the format on the show uh, unless there's something else you want to hear. Uh, and if there is, make sure to reach out to me on social media, tap outs and TDs on Twitter, tap outs and touchdowns on Facebook. And then you can email to the show if you have any questions or want, want to hear anything uh, from me. There's also 
a, a, a format on Facebook where you can message me directly from the Facebook page and the messages do come to me. Uh, so if there's something you want to hear me talk about, some advice that you want, um, or if there's there's anything maybe you, you want covered on the show that I'm not doing uh, right now, reach out to me on any of my forms of social media. Otherwise, hope you enjoyed the shows this week. Uh, stay tuned for some more wrestling and some more football talk next week right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns.